Abandon all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old man Grognard here. Tuesday morning. And I'm awake, which is a good thing. I had the Monday game last night with both of my grandsons. My younger one actually enjoyed it when he was paying attention, but he's 12. I figure that's the way it's going to go with him for a while. So maybe we can work on that. But he had a good bit of fun. He played a Dragonborn Sorcerer. I guess 5th edition just suits him because he's always wanting to do these outlandish characters. So basically... (laughs) Carlos, the DM, wrote up the character for him, and he just said he wanted to be something with fire. I want to be able to throw fire. He wants to be. He wanted to be a necromancer or a pyromancer, and I said I don't think there's such things as a pyromancer in D and E and necromancer unless it's some class they put in one of the supplements for Five E. I don't know. I don't think there's a necromancer either, at least for player characters. So he drew he drew him up a dragonborn sorcerer with emphasis on fire. So he was happy, which is a good thing. And it went well. He said, well, am I allowed back again next week? I said, you are. You behaved yourself. So that's the way that goes. Me, still trying to wake up. And, oh, we have a voicemail from Colin, of course, from Spike Pit. Let's take a listen. Hi Glenn, Colin at Spike Pit here. Uh, really enjoyed that last episode regarding uh, your thoughts on creativity, etc. In particular, um, I enjoyed the uh, the what if question, you know, sparking off your inspiration with the what if and realised that I actually do that myself without thinking about it um, and it does lead to some good ideas. And um, your thing about spelling names backwards, Ah, you, you are truly the old man Grognard. With, that is about as OSR as it gets, I think. Uh, very guy Gaxian. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing is you mentioned bread a couple of times. So I don't know if you've not had your breakfast yet, but um, are, you, are you hungry, mate? Thank you, Colin. Well, you know, I haven't had my breakfast right now, but I don't remember mentioning bread. But I'd have to go back and look through the other shows, I guess. Maybe I did. I don't know. Could be. But, yeah, what if those are the two best words in your arsenal, in your in your toolkit, in your bag of tricks, as far as creating adventures goes? What if? And names backwards? Oh, I've done it before. Yeah, it's, it is very Gygaxian. Uh, Beside my friend uh, Andy... One of my first characters was a magic user named Nelg, which is Glenn spelled backwards. So, yeah, I'm no stranger to that. I use those once in a, once in a great while because as far as name goes, I love, I love descriptive names. I'm very much a fan of Dickens that way. And I always try and come up with some kind of unique name with, for my characters. I think the most bl- the blandest one I've done so far has been my Saturday 2E game. I named the character Rick because he was a ranger, and I kept thinking of Ranger Rick. And so last name was Knuckles, just to be, just to be the way I am. 
So he's Rick Knuckles. And of course, in the Monday game, I've got Grok Loinbund, my barbarian from the clan Loinbund. I keep waiting for someone to call him Lion Butt, but that's okay. It's a good name, Grok Loinbund. And there's times when you've taken like, oh, I don't know, a a sound like, I don't know where I got Grok, but just Grok or Arg or something like that. Something Arg the Barbarian. There we go. <laughs> but names are an awful lot of fun. Some people need the name lists. I know they're hard to come up with sometimes. Lord knows I've had my troubles but I always manage to come up with some somewhere on the the web. Maybe email me and ask me real nice, and give me your email address. I will send you my 101 names list and 101 names number two list. There's 202 names right there that I came up with out of my brain, and I just put them down. I've known a few people who used them, Mike and Liz, of say for half. Mike said, thanks for the list. My GM got a hold of it. And so I had to meet up with a prostitute named Skunky. And it's like, well, hey, you know, it's out there. What can I say? So, yeah, if I got a couple of lists of names out there, I might do a third one if I can think up another hundred names or so. I don't know. Anyway, what I want to talk about this morning was micro settings. Because I seem to be running into a lot of them, and a lot of them are very well done. Let me tell you. Two of them are for Ennies. So, I kind of wanted to go over those real quick. Now, to me, the original micro settings, because I'm all about, I'm, I've got a thing for sandboxes and hex crawls. And, and I just like, because it's a chance for the characters to make their own, to make their own adventure. Because I can put stuff out there. Because, but I still want to put stuff out there. I want to still want to put hooks out there. But it's all up to them which one they bite on or not. And to me, the granddaddy of all micro-setting sandboxes is the Isle of Dread, which I have used. Which is a great sandbox, because there's always something going on there. We've also got, lately, the Midderlands. The Midderlands have been around for a year or so, but they just did the Midderlands Expanded, which I get to review. Swordfish Islands. Hot Springs Island. Oh, that is a hot box of activity. And like I said, they're all very well done. They get into... They get, see, with, with Isle of Dread, they give you these things that are going on, but they give you... It's it's more, how shall I say it? It's not as intricate as, say, something like Hot Springs Island. Now, Hot Springs Island, I'm getting ready to review as soon as I finish the main book. And it's just, it sets your, your, your brain on fire with ideas because of all these things going on and all these factions on the island. And it is very precarious. You put the adventures in there, you don't know what's going to happen. So... It gives you more to work with, but at the same time, Isle of Dread, you can shoehorn practically anything in there. I mean, if you want your other... I'm not saying you can't do it with the other ones, like the Midderlands. You, sure, no problem. You can put whatever you want in, and that's the nice thing about a sandbox. You can put anything you want in there. I could come up with some 
BS story of another faction or another people who are doing something here, and they got the adventurers got to take care of it, and it'd fit right in. No problem. That's what I like about sandboxes. It's just uh, you gotta you gotta have some you gotta do a little prep work. I mean, first of all, you gotta read it, and second of all, you gotta figure out how the dynamics on the island work. At least, I mean, it, it's it's a lot to do. Like like Hot Springs Island, there's a lot there to digest. So what you have to do is, it's the whole thing about, okay, you've got this gigantic thing you have to do, prep for this. Take it a little chunk at a time. Find out where you want to land them or where they are now. And just go like, say, so many hexes around them and plan out stuff. And just have the rest of the stuff like on the side, see how far they get. And then you can you can understand where they're going and okay this is going to happen this is going to happen i mean there's nothing wrong with taking a little break if they get if they get way ahead of you take a little break five ten minutes and look up where they're going and see what's going on there i have a video my old man grognar video the one called rosie sandbox and it's good to to see because i came up with an idea based on the compass rose you know north south east west and I plan something for each point in the compass, whether it's a pre-made module or something else I come up with out of my head or whatever. But I start them in the one hex and then they go. And all that, all those are hooks. And if they're going, say, on a diagonal like northwest or southeast, that's where your improvisation comes in. In a nutshell, this is it. This is where you can either blend things that are happening on two compass points or come up with something original or a sidetrack or just that's where that's where your GMing comes in right there. Oh, we're going to go northwest. Okay, go northwest. This is happening in the north. This is happening in the west. How does that affect northwest? And so they move. And the next session, you find out where they are again. And if they haven't grabbed anything, if they haven't grabbed a hook, then you find out where's what's going on in the four compass points again and you just keep doing that until they until they come in until they get involved in some kind of adventure then run with the adventure doesn't mean you can't plan things around it but they're in the adventure now so they have to deal with what's going on and i really don't feel that's right railroading because all these hooks are out it's like it's like fishing see they'll they'll get you'll hook them but it all depends on what kind of bait they want. And it's a, I find it a great way to do it. I don't think it takes as much prep. Or I should say, I don't think it takes any more prep than any other game session when you're starting out. Say they land on a western shore of an island, Isle Dread, whatever. And, okay, you just have to plan north, south, and east. Because west is already taken care of, unless you want to put something out in the ocean to chase them. I don't know. So you plan those three things out and then you let it rest. You got the prep for each one of those and they don't have to be big prep. It really doesn't until they start getting into the story. If they take the hook, if they start getting into the story, then you go for it. But until then, plan those three things out roughly and see where they go. Just enough for that session. Just think of Try to plan it once. That's the thing with sandboxes for me, for hex crawls. Plan it one session at a time. 
until they get involved in something, until they take the bait, the hook. Just one session at a time. Once they get the hook, you can actually elaborate on that story and see what happens. You may even have stuff from one of the other hexes that are going on, get involved in it and get interfering with it or whatever. But as far as that goes, they take the hook, run with it. Just run with it. Because that's that's good adventures right there. The nice thing is you're not really railroading them because they chose it. And at the end, they're going to feel a sense of accomplishment because they're the ones who got involved. They're the ones who made a difference. And it's all good. That's all I can say. So that's how I deal with micro-setting sandboxes, at least for now. I think it's a good idea. Beautiful day out, of course. I'm going to go get it. Go get out of there. I'm going to go get out into the sun. So, until I see you next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Thank you.